God, thank you again for your grace, your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you that um, you suffer long with, with us and in our, in our broken state and in our sometimes inability of understanding. Lord, you are faithful to continually meet us where we're at. And so we thank you for that. Thank you for your word. We pray that as we go through it, Lord, we would have a great discussion and that it would cause us to to just fall more in love with you and to grow in our sure foundation, which is you, Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we're on the back of 27. Um, uh, yeah. We, we just, just as, as a quick... Uh, Summary, what are the challenges we face in our ability to think correctly? We said, look in the mirror, it's you. Okay, so, um, bless you. Is it me? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. So, <laughs> uh, Mark chapter 8, if someone would be so kind to read 34 through 38. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when it comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. All right, so this has been a verse that has often been used in evangelistic circles of great manipulation. Um, and uh, uh, along with uh, Jesus called his disciples, you know, openly. Uh, and, and so you should, uh, you know, Proclaim him openly. Uh, so we have to be careful that we don't put heavy um, burdens and guilts upon us. Uh, but at the same time, we have to understand that those of us who are in Christ uh, do have something in us that is the Holy Spirit that is life-giving. And we understand who forgives of sins. And we get the, the, the joy of sharing life not only with those who are other believers, but also showing life and encouraging those who, do, who are apart from Christ. And so this is a challenge, I would say, um, more and more in our society, right? It, it, it's not popular to stand up for Jesus Christ. The challenge is people don't understand who Jesus Christ is, and people have done things in the name of Christ that even we would say, no, please don't judge us by that. So what are some challenges, though? So it begins, though, with ourselves, right? In order to, to share Jesus, we find ourselves saying, well, a lot of times it means that I can't be selfish. A lot of times it means I can't do what I want to do. Um, and, and so... Uh, It'll take this is an easy example. Take a drug addict. Uh, you know, to not that not that you 
have drug addicts that, that aren't Christians, but usually they'll wrestle with it as a drug addict. They'll wrestle with it, and they'll have to deny that passion in order to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, but they can't do it on their own, obviously. They have the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of believers. Some drug addicts, they, get, they receive the forgiveness of sins, and instantly they're sober. Some, it's a lifetime of struggle. Um, and I would say all of us have sin areas in our life that maybe at one point in time easily got over and other ones that keep coming up and popping up. And you're like, man, am I going to struggle with this for the rest of my life? And I would say if you're struggling, that is a good thing. It's when we're not struggling that we get uh, danger. So what are some challenges to denying ourselves? Well, it's almost, you know, any physical denial, like food, you know, we, we struggle with that all the time. You know, I'm hungry, I want to eat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that applies to our thoughts and actions and pretty much all of our lives. Mm-hmm. It says over there, whoever uh, desires to come after me, let him uh, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I was just going to say on a daily <clears throat> basis uh, that... It sounds like the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is going to be necessary, but it's a it's a conscious effort of um, you might have uh, conflict and inner conflict of picking up your cross daily, and that uh, might be a good reminder that uh, it says whoever uh, desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will will save it. I was just going to say that inverted that inverted process. It seems to me that 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 has to be probably infused by the Holy Spirit because we probably won't do that by ourselves. Okay. <clears throat> What's the, the... Well, let's stay on this question. Anybody else have anything to answer to, to contribute? What are some challenges to denying ourselves? I don't understand the question. <laughs> okay. So... Um, we live in a society that is instant gratification. Do what you want. Have it your way. Um, don't, don't consider other people, even. Uh, uh, do, I mean, I, it's always funny to me that the people who are the most adamant about anti-violence when something happens that they don't like become the most violent. It's just shocking to me. I, I'm like, this makes no sense. You know, logical sense, you know, but we have to realize that 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 they're not in their right mind. (laughs) I mean, you know, we struggle. We have the the illumination of of the Holy Spirit because we have been made new and we still battle between correct thoughts and incorrect thoughts all the time. So really the issue here is a salvation issue. Who are you putting your trust in? Because if you deny yourself, you're recognizing something. I am foolish and I cannot make the best decisions for my life. Jesus is really the only one, the only hope. And so when we live in a world of, how do I put it, that you can, you can save yourself. I mean, you could, you could find that easily, right? Be your own savior. Do what you want. Um, this month is, I'm glad it's almost over because I'm tired of everything being tainted with, um, with uh, again, people have the right to be who they want. I'm not, I'm not saying that they can't, but 
I shouldn't feel guilty for not supporting uh, certain lifestyles. Uh, and so it's just been a... <laughs> it, it gets tiresome at times. Um, and that's why I always encourage all of us to shut off the media from time to time because we need a break. We need a break. Connie. Okay, one of the challenges I find most difficult is judgment because oh, it yeah. says we're not supposed to judge. Okay. And, you know, we may not approve of someone's lifestyle or habits, but we're not supposed to judge. So someone help Connie out with that. What does that mean? Because we, can't, we can judge that, hey, what you're doing is wrong and it's not pleasing to God. That's calling an ace an ace, right? I mean, that's, that's just calling it. That is not according to God's judgment. What's that? We don't have the final judgment. We don't have the final judgment. Now, where we get into trouble, thank you, Doug, is to where we say, well, you're going to hell because you're acting like this. Well, that's not our place. But it is our place to stand for righteousness and to say, no, this is not good. Uh, go ahead. Well, and the other thing is there's nothing loving about sanctioning everything someone wants to do. Right. If you care about someone and you see them about to walk off the cliff, you wouldn't walk alongside of them until they go over. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so... <laughs> say, sorry, I just didn't want to judge what you're doing. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, there are just times, but you, you don't do it in a judgy... Yeah, and so I think Connie, the challenge is to your point is how do I how do I properly assess through a biblical worldview without seeming like I'm playing judge, right? Because we you judge things every every day um, it, that we wouldn't see as judging. Uh, you know, I judge. This is, this is a bad example, but when I go to the grocery store, I judge which is the better price, um, for lack of a better thing. And everything, nothing's a better price anymore, for the record. Um, so I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I think that, that again, um, just standing up for Christ, people will feel like you're judging them. But you're not. You're showing them love. You're showing them, God, man, this is what God has done for you. This is way better for you. And, and like on Wednesday night, we, we looked at kindness. It's a kindness, right, to, to, to tell somebody, repent, turn. It's a kindness. God's, God's uh, uh, kindness leads us to repentance. And so that means that, that, that kindness is saying, hey, uh, it's not good. Steve. I was going to say, Connie, uh, uh, one of the things that uh, if you know someone and you know your heart, uh, I know Connie well enough. If you came and you corrected me, I know you well enough that you're not judging me. You're giving me information that would probably uh, save me from a problem. Mm-hmm. And so it is loving, but uh, I, I see all the time where Satan can use that as saying, well, you're being judgmental. It's an accusation. Throw him back out. And we need to be aware of balancing that. Not the, you know, you know your intentions of whether it's good or bad, but if you're full of the Holy Spirit as you are, Connie, I am confident that you're not there judging people like um, to to uh, uh, condemn them, but it would be informational to uh, instruct or help. I mean, I was just thinking of my grandsons over there. I am on them like hard <laughs> because they're 17 and and they think they know something, and I am ruthless. <laughs> they know, but they know everything at 17. No, know. Let's just remember that. <laughs> As pastors, you know, was wondering about my salvation after I was done. <laughs> so, 
I'm just saying, but those, it wasn't because I was mad at him. It was because he's moving in dangerous areas of his opinions. And so I, those are yeah. I was going to say, I think the model for us, too, is Christ always brings it to a question, right, with the unbeliever. And so instead of it coming across as us telling them that they're wrong or that they're living at odds against truth and what God says, when we're faced with those relationships or those situations where that sin is, is you know, present, I think we can, we can, in humility, trusting in the Holy Spirit, take what God's word says... Because it's not our judgment, it's God's word, it's God's truth, and hold it out for them. And when that, when that comes at us as we're being judgmental, we can say, well, it's not my judgment. Right. It's what God is saying is true. So I think that probably is where a good evaluation for ourselves is to say, Lord, am I just coming at these relationships um, in my own judgment, mm-hmm. based off of what I know your word says, or am I holding out the word of life in the spirit and and looking for those opportunities to to you know yeah. have a, a conversation that is not um, not coming down in condemnation yeah, and I think the challenge is too um challenge i mean it's just a challenge uh the world is crazy uh and and uh you know i was telling the guys on wednesday night uh someone made the comment well in times like this i said hold on a second nothing's new under the sun it's new to us right this is new to us not new to god god's like you guys have been in darkness your foolish minds Uh, you've exchanged the truth of god for a lie not not new to god for us we're like i can't believe what's going on um, and so we have to step back and go, what is God's heart? So we know that God is long-suffering and he wishes that no one should perish, but all should, turn to re- should repent and have eternal life. And so I think to your point, Connie, and everyone else's point is when we're, when we're trying to make a proper assessment, the challenge is how do we, for me, I'm not, I'm not going to pick on any of you, for me, how do I put my emotion and my frustration aside when I see people, and, and usually it's with, with loved ones, um, I don't expect much from the world. I'll just be honest with you. You know, I don't expect people who are walking around in darkness to act like they're not walking around in darkness. I don't expect them to have my value system because they don't. They're not new creations in Christ. So um, it's great because I'm not surprised by what happens. Just so you, you know, <laughs> it just it's frustrating, but I'm not surprised. And so, but the people you love. Um, you, you know, you get frustrated with, at least I do. It's like, well, you know, you know, especially kids or, you know, you know better than that. And then the Lord reminds me, yeah, but how many times do your parents look at you and say the same thing? <laughs> and, and, and it's like, well, okay. And, and so, uh, um, and, and again, um, we're, right, we're judging by, based upon God's the judge, right? He's the judge. What does he say? What does his word say? He has great plans for us. He has better than what this world has to offer we have been convinced that this world, it will satisfy. And for those of us who have pursued the things of this world and still struggle pursuing the things of this world, we realize it never satisfies. 
And in God's love, he doesn't allow it to satisfy because only he will satisfy. And that's when we have to deny ourselves and go, wait a second. You, saw, you knew I'd tie it back in eventually. So <laughs> that's when I have to deny ourselves and say, wait a second, what, is my, what am I thinking here? Um, I, my thought life in the natural man is not going to produce good. It's going to be very selfish. Um, and I, it, it will always consume things. Even the, so that leads us to the next question is, can we deny ourselves and follow someone or something other than Christ? You can, but it's not going to do a whole lot of good. Not truly. <laughs> he well, says no. You said you can, but no. But no. Yeah, you, you can obviously find a false religion exactly. and follow it and deny whatever that religion asks of you. Okay. So we have some disparity here. Well, you say no. You're like, eh, yeah, we're going to acquiesce. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe it's what you mean by deny, I guess. Right. So if we look at other value systems of religion, um, with the exception of Christianity, true Christianity, the gospel, all of it is self-serving. If you think about it. What I do. What, what, what can I do to uh, attain whatever? It's nirvana, it's a better, so I don't come back as a tiger or a woman or whatever it is in, in the one religion. Or, yeah, well, it's true. That's, that's like, that's a, you know, what if you're a female tiger? No, but, um, uh, you know. So, uh, you know, I can achieve a, the, the, a certain level of the afterlife, you know. It's all about me. It's all about me. And, and, and so, even though I might deny earthly pleasures um, in some of these religions, the, the denial is a self-serving thing to achieve something. And so, I would venture to say, you cannot truly deny yourself and follow. If you truly deny yourself, the only option is Christ. Um, because everything else will be tainted by, by man and by your ideas. Uh, you know, so you, we have we, this one guy, what was his name? It was the guy that came and shared with us the men's, he was, came out of the LDS church. Anyway, so I don't want to pick on, I don't want to pick on that. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to pick on that, but he gave an, an example of, when his grandmother was passing away. Um, and this you can find across many man-made religions, so I don't want to just pick on the one. And he was trying to bring her a comfort. Well, you know, you know, you've done this, you've done that. She goes, I just don't know if I've done enough. And that's a horrible way to die, right? And so back to, you know, speaking the truth in love and it being God's word, I've had conversations with guys. Um, and I've said... And they've talked about their philosophy of life. Like one guy one time said, he goes, I just believe, you know, if I, if I do enough good works that God's going to weigh them as long as it's 51%, you know, oh, oh, and 49 bad works, that God's going to be okay with that. And so my, my statement was, I said, well, if you're comfortable dying in that idea, then, then okay. <laughs> and, I mean, that's the I mean, because that's really what it boils down to. Is, is, that, a, is that a philosophy, because that's what it is, or that, that is going to give you security and comfort when you take your last breath? 
And so I wasn't going to sit there and twist his arm and try to convince him, well, that's stupid, right? Um, because he better, he better be sure he counts it right. <laughs> make sure he gets the right exact it was the wrong way. Gets the 51%. Well, but the challenge is, that here, but, <laughs> but here's the challenge, right? We can look to Scripture and go, unless he's in Christ, he doesn't do anything good. Exactly, and that's the challenge. Is that that Paul says, I, I I've done nothing. I that nothing good dwells with me. That is within my flesh. Uh, Psalm fourteen, I think, and then Romans something says there was no one who does good. No, not one. No one seeks God, and, and so when you look at it, you're like. Well, I hate to tell you, but 100% of your stuff's probably going to fall on the one side, even though it seems good to our world economy, right? And that's the challenge, is, is our fallen world has lowered the bar, has lowered the standard of perfection. And rightly so, right? Because who wants to live up to that? Nobody can. So let's lower it and let's work on the game of comparison. Well, at least I'm better than that person. Not pointing at you because you guys are way better than me. But, but at least I'm not like that. Um, not, not you either. But anyway, so... But the, uh, at least it's not like those people. No. And so... And, and, yeah, I got to go home with you. No, and so... And Jesus calls us out, calls that out. I mean, you see the, the tax collector and, and, the, and the, the Pharisee and the, and the one guy's beating his breast, woe is me, have mercy. And the guy's like, well, I'm not like that guy. And Jesus is like, hey, the dude that's say, beating his breast and saying, Lord, have mercy, that's the guy who's honored. This other guy, no. So again, it's kind of like the, the okay, I'm going to get sidetracked, but, but grading on a curve. Really? So I just have to do, be, you know, compared to the best person in the class, you know, hopefully they mess up on. Bar. Hopefully they mess up on a couple of questions because then I might get an A, right? And, and so again, our standard though, and that's just a great example of what we've done in the world is we we, we grade one another on a curve. We don't grade someone on Jesus Christ on the perfection because well, who could do that, right? Steve, I was just reading this, this verse thirty-five says, "For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake." And for the Gospels, will say that I'm wondering if the disciples. What's your opinion? Do you think the disciples are grasping that at that point? I mean, that's a heavy, heavy losing your life. Well, I mean, like we've talked about before, did the disciples grasp anything until after Pentecost? It doesn't look shiny to me. Uh, right. I mean, they needed the Holy Spirit, but 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 but, but to your point, they got it, yeah. and they all gave their life for the gospel. Amen. Amen. Um, I mean, they tried hard to kill John. He had some, he probably didn't look too hot after oil in the oil, but you know. Uh, but he gave his life for it. So I guess, great segue to the next question. Uh, what does it mean then to lose your life for the sake of the gospel? Gain eternal life. Okay. It's the earthly life that you're losing. Okay. Or that you will lose. Mm-hmm. Or your sinful life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gene, welcome. What? The imitators, though. Gotta grow my hair out. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I gave up on that many years ago. (laughs) Well, not physically. 
No, I know. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you would say that uh, on a side note. So you go to the Greek Orthodox Church. And so I went over there right after the iconographers had left and um, they were ta- and and I was expecting more Russian Orthodox like we saw. And it wasn't. It was it was more like um, soft palette painting on the wall. It wasn't there wasn't any gold or anything like that. And it's interesting. So they show all these saints and that were there that walked with Jesus and all their faces look exactly like Jesus. And so I asked Father Constantine, I said, help me understand that. Because then they showed other ones and they didn't look as much like Jesus. He goes, well, he goes, we believe that those who are with Jesus bear the image of Jesus more than everybody else. And so um, we started looking less and less like him the further. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but it was, and again, it was interesting though the whole thought there was, to Gene's point, we're looking like Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, well, again, it's not looking like him physically. It's really the Holy Spirit working in you as, we, as we're going through this Holy Spirit study uh, and, and sermon series also, is he's working the very disposition of Christ into us, mm-hmm. right? Which means losing yourself, um, which really means gaining eternity, uh, because I, I don't know about you, and, and I'm still struggling with it, and I'm sure I will till the day I die, but my thinking really does not help. <laughs> if I think something good, I'm like, well, that was from the Lord, because I'll, I'll do things that, and again, the, the more that are, it's kind of like, okay, you got, maybe some of you will get this. So when I was in voice lessons in, in uh, high school, my teacher was working on blending my, my full voice, uh, which would be chest voice, and my head voice, more my falsetto. And so I was really working on blending these two so that there wasn't this big transition. Like usually there's, usually boys, uh, when they have the change, there's almost a two note disparity between what they can hit regular voice and then go into little girly voice falsetto. And the girly voice is usually wimpy and, and everything. So um, we really worked on exercises that, that blended the two to where, now my range is way different than it used to be, but where I don't have hardly a break, noticeable break between the two anymore. And so as we grow in Christ, our thoughts become more and more like his. And so it's not the conscience, well, you know, am I, but if I realize that I'm pausing, like I've had this um, often, and so you guys probably do, where I'm like, Okay, I'm thinking this way, I'm thinking this way. Let me pause. Lord, is this really your heart towards this situation? Is this really the way I need to go right now? Because left to myself, I'll, I'll have a lot of fun. Um, but the reality is it's probably not going to be to the benefit, not only of myself, but those that are around me. And so we, we want to stop and go, wait, and, and, and this is something, a phrase that my kids, pastor in Northern California always says, we need to pause and go, we need to remember God's better is better, right? His, his plan is better for us. His way will always. So when he receives glory, it's to our benefit. And the problem is we have to deny ourselves <laughs> to a lot. And so it's a habitual practice of saying, Lord, what's your heart? Help me. That's why I encourage us to spend time like this. Encourage us to get time in God's word. Paul says, renew your mind. And he's, that's how we do this, because we get the washing of the cleansing of the word. So it lose our life for the sake of the gospel. 
So another way would say that is my life is no longer my own. The life I now live, I live by faith in, in Christ Jesus who died and loved me and, and, and gave himself up for me. It's no longer I who live. I've been crucified with Christ, right? That's denying yourself. And I think it's the recognition. Wait a second. It's no longer this fleshly being that's living anymore. That, that, that flesh is, gonna, is, is condemned. You know, that's why First uh, Corinthians 15 says in, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you're going to be changed. The, 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 the mortal will put on immortality. The imperfect will become perfect. And we all, the more we wake up in the morning, it's not you, Nate, but the rest of us are like, man, I can't wait till I don't ache anymore when I wake up, right? You, you get up and feel fine, right? The rest of us, just wait. You got something to look forward to is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you're alive. <laughs> yes, Connie. Why do you always say, like I said before, we have to deny ourselves? What, what can we Because Jesus that? said that. <laughs> what does Jesus, what does that mean that you need to deny yourself? Well, it means that, that my life is no longer my own, right? When we're in Christ. But that's not denying, is it? Sure it is. I don't make the decisions for my life anymore. What's an example? two things that always frustrate me is like she says you know what exactly okay. does it look like to deny yourself and the other one that always confuses me that i think is in the same vein is um pick up what is it take pick up, up your, your cross, cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i i mean i i grapple with those so the take up your cross is a direct direct reference to realizing that we've been crucified with christ we need to not make it more than that. Some people are like, it's just my cross to bear. And it's not that. It's like, it's like, wait a second. You are under the weight of the forgiveness of sin of, of the cross. You are no longer living for this world. So a good example, Connie. Bad example, but a good one at the same time. Um, I'm really tired, and I'm going to party Saturday night, and so uh, if I go to church, I don't. It's okay to forsake the fellowship of believers. Instead, go, wait a second. I go to church on Sundays, so I'm going to order my life on Saturday nights. I I get invited to things, um, and I'm going to say, you know, it's Saturday night. If it's Friday night, I go out. uh, And I've I've gotten teased for this. (laughs) <laughs> I've been at somebody's house and it's like 8 o'clock I'm, I gotta go home on a Saturday night they're like what? I'm like, tomorrow's an important day for me and I need to you know make sure I'm rested for it now did I want to hang out and keep you know having fun and with, with my friends absolutely but for the sake of the gospel I said no I, I'm denying myself the pleasure because it won't be good the next day um, uh, things like um Another bad example, <laughs> um, you know, for the sake. Well, okay, no, this is this is a, some people in this world, right? Love sleeping around with whoever they want to, right? But once you're in Christ, you're like, you know, wait a second, that's the the pleasure of the flesh. I can't do that anymore. Um, so I deny that for the sake of Jesus Christ. Um, now, someone who is is mature and. Um, it, it comes, the nuance becomes a little different. It's not just like I'm laying aside drugs or I'm laying aside whatever, you know, for like Harold and I were talking, we love routine. My body wakes me up usually by 5.30 regardless of what time I go to bed. It's like, it's time to get up. 
And so, you know, I don't worry about, I just want to be fresher the next day if I can be. But, um, so as you grow, it's like, wait a second, is, is this action promoting and helping the kingdom of God? Or is it taking away from the kingdom of God? Now, I will tell you, there are many things that are neutral. It's, it's what, what we call in Lutheranism an adiaphora. It's neither commanded nor, nor forbidden in Scripture. So uh, drinking is neither commanded nor forbidden in Scripture. Getting drunk is forbidden in Scripture, right? And that's the habitual getting drunk. We need to clarify that. Um, there are certain things that are more beneficial for the kingdom. Like when I go... Uh, so, okay, I'll pick on you. Is that fine? I love picking on you. So, so it was on your heart. Let's just put... It was on your heart what, almost a year ago, I really want flowers at the church, right? Mm-hmm. And you could have said, ah, no, I don't want to spend the money on that, you know, and be selfish. Or you could be like, no, I want to bless the, the well, then make it more welcoming when we come in. And I'm happy to, because now every day, what do you do? You come down here, you water the flowers. Well, that's an inconvenience. Now, you might find it a joy, don't get me wrong. But that's an inconvenience to the flesh. You have to deny doing other things that are selfish, even though you get great pleasure out of it. So I think as you get older, I said mature, but I will use the word older. But I think as you get older, you find that you're more in line with some of those things than you used to be. But you still fight being selfish. I do. I mean, um, maybe uh, one day I won't fight being selfish. I don't know. But ask Lara, leave me alone in the mornings. It's pretty much what it is, yeah, right? No, <laughs> thank you. Good, something to look forward to. No. <laughs> I was going to say that one of the things I've noticed is I've gotten older. There, when you say denying yourself, if you uh, are following the prompting of the Holy Spirit, there's a joy to it a lot of times mm-hmm. that that is supernatural. I mean, it, it could be a sacrifice, but I've noticed that um, uh, I've even been enjoying when I were driving to church. There's a guy on the corner with a dog, and I have to. Uh, hand Bonnie a dollar to give the guy. And, and she loves that dog. It's a, no, and it's I'm for just, the dog, though. It's for the dog. Let, let's right. just call that one out. Agreed. Go ahead, Pastor. So let's let's let's. <laughs> let's <laughs> Matthew chapter six, nineteen through twenty-four. So. Um, we're kind of talking about this idea of what it means to give your life for the work of the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, and I think that, that um, that's a challenge. It's easy for us, 6, 19 through 24. It's easy for us to, to get caught up in what I would call the physical building. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's important that we, that we make the church welcoming and we should do things as, as we can to improve and, and to, to always update and whatnot. But if the church building becomes our focus, we're no longer working for the kingdom um, because the church is not the building. The church are the believers. And, and so um, now, is it great to have pride in your building? Of course. I mean, you know, you want to represent, you want it to be welcoming, you want to enjoy coming in. <laughs> and so we always are looking for ways to do that. But... The work for the kingdom of God is not merely about the building that we meet in. It's really about how we live. So someone read uh, Matthew six nineteen through 24. Please. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then someone read 25 through 34 of the same chapter. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Ooh, we can say amen to that. Amen. So how, do, how does these words of Christ, how do they help us in how we set our lives? Well, it's anti-American. I want to worry about my clothes, my food, and my... It's, it's anti-flesh. Well, anti, yeah. yeah. But is it? Because you do have to have... You can't just say, I'm, I'm going to just sit here and... Like the Jewish people, what's that terminology where the... The man reads the Torah and, and everybody else works. Oh, yeah. um, you, you have to. You cannot. Oh, how do I say this? You have to have, with God's help, I think, you have to be able to take care of yourself. You can't right. depend on Him to do it for you. So here's, here's, the, here's the challenge, and, and I'm going to help you. Yeah, I'm going to not totally disagree with you at the same time. But, uh, so, the reality is it's, it's fine to have riches. It's fine to have clothing. It's fine to have food. The challenge is, is that what I'm living for? Um, and so, is my life, or let's, let's really get it to where the, the conversation is in our society today. What, where do I find my identity? Is my identity in my house, in my clothes, in my power, in my position? Or is my identity in Christ, and I know and I trust him as I work, <laughs> that he's providing? Because David said at the end of his life, here's the greatest king of Israel. And he said at the end of his life to his son, he goes, he goes, I have not gained anything by my own hand. God has provided it all. Now we know David worked hard and David made some mistakes, but he also did a lot of great things. He got all the lumber and everything collected for the building of the, of the temple. And so, but he realizes, wait, God gave me the ability to do that. To your point, God helped me to do that. The challenge is we live in a society that does not value the kingdom of God and values the things of this earth. 
And that's really what Jesus is saying. He says, don't, don't worry about that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean you sit around and go, I'm going to stay in my mom's basement until I'm 40 and play a video game because she's taking care of me. Well, that's not, that's not, yeah, I'm helping you out there. So not, till, not even until you're 23. Okay, so uh, <laughs> is that a good age? No. <laughs> Well, yeah. All those young women who are trying to be influencers that seem to be so wrapped up in how they look and. Yeah, and not that there's not valuable things. It's like, you know, the TV's not evil, the internet's not evil. It's a neutral tool that's used both for positive and and good. I mean, I really think that you look at the at the pandemic and it forced a lot of churches to have an online presence to where the enemy's like, haha, I'll squash all the churches, and like all of a sudden there's more of God's word going out. And so I think that that again the challenge is and to deny yourself is go, wait a second, what am I living for? Am I living so that I can have the biggest house, the nicest car, the best clothes, uh, whatever, and all the things we wrestle with, the, the comforts of this life? Or am I realizing, wait a second, God's taking care of me enough for today. And I look to the manna in the wilderness. Um, God provided the manna for each day. If they collected more than they needed, what they didn't use would rot, that we brought in the next morning. And it's a great example for us to go, I, it's okay, to, and they had to go collect it, right? I go collect what I need, but all I, what I have is sufficient for today. And, and, and what I love about what Jesus says at the end, he goes, each day has enough trouble its own. I mean, the reality is you don't know what tomorrow holds. Right? How many of us, and I don't want us to, to go down any roads because we need to wrap up, but how many of us had this trajectory in our life and then one moment, one day, things radically changed? Whether it was because of a fault of your own or because of, of tragedy in your life or something, it just, and you're like, well, I didn't expect that. And it's like, let's live for this. And we don't want to just live for the moment, but the reality is let's live for the moment. Today is what, we're, what we have. This moment is what we have. So now we look, how can I serve God in this moment? Kind of goes along with that, the now but not yet, right? We're, Absolutely, yeah. We're living in this moment for that moment. <laughs> right. And then we're in, in this, the power yeah. and the strength yeah. of the Lord yeah. as he guides and leads. And yes, there's going to be moments where our flesh gets in there because we're still dwelling in this human form you know, that, that battles against the spirit of the Lord in us. And we still have eyes that see. I mean, the world around us has always got those baubles for us to, you know, those shiny baubles. Oh, my, what are you talking <laughs> you know, about? Or the, <laughs> the stomach that we have has the, you know, the, the appetites the, of the flesh. Yes. I mean, yeah. we, we are, we're still underneath this kingdom, yeah. earthly kingdom's rule even though our spirit is in Christ's kingdom's rule. Yeah. So, so there's a tension. I mean, yeah. there's a tension between the two. And uh, so never think, if someone says, well, you know, I'm just going to rely upon the Lord. Um, have you gotten a job? Oh, no, God will take care of me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eh. And there's people like that. You know, how about God wants to give you a job? <laughs> yeah, that does not bring in the harvest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about <laughs> No, no, we settle for less than what God has for us because in our work we find opportunities to share God's love. In our work we find those the, the ability to promote the kingdom of God and, and and we can't do it sitting 
in your mom's basement until you're 23. 23? Is that, is that a good one, 23? Okay. So, uh, see? Perfect. You're off, you're off the hook, Kim. No. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thanks for your goodness. Lord, there is a tension. And, and Lord, we, you've given us work to do. Uh, and, and so, but in that work, Lord, we desire that you would be honored and that your kingdom would be made known and that people would see your love. Lord, um, help us to see those things that are selfish that we could deny and uh, so that we could be closer to you uh, and, and that you could get more glory. And, and so, Lord, uh, thank you for being long-suffering. Thank you for this discussion. We look forward to the rest of the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.